0: Fueling delusion in you And I'm just so sick
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Podcast, the official podcast of MetalNexus.net, where you can get all your content reviews, show reviews, photos, and so, so, so much more, especially after this past weekend of two festivals. And with me, as always, is the festival guru, Mr. Daniel Terry. How are you doing? I
2: wouldn't call me the festival guru. I didn't go to any festivals this weekend. I went to the Dan Terry Plays This PlayStation Classic Festival.
1: Your feet probably don't hurt after doing that, like mine do. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, my feet are feeling pretty good. So yeah, yeah. mine do not. Uh, but no, uh, this episode's guest is uh, Landon Tours from The Plot and You. Uh, this was done a little bit ago. Uh, if you remember, a couple of weeks ago, we put out the episode with uh, Chris Roder of Like Mazda Flames. Uh, this was done on that tour, opening night, actually, I believe, of that tour. And uh, we've kind of been sitting on it for a little bit just because there's been some other interviews that are a little more time-sensitive. But uh, this is a fun, quick little chat that happened backstage at that, uh, that show. And uh, I was kind of nervous because, like, you know, Landon kind of seems to be a, a pretty private person in all things considered so uh i mean he, he's pretty open in interviews and so forth and having heard him on you know lead singer central podcast and a few other podcasts i kind of knew he was at least down to talk but it was one of those things where i just didn't know if like there was more openness because of the familiarity he has with some of these other people and i'm a complete stranger um but i found this to be while brief i thought it was pretty Pretty open and honest about a lot of things.
2: Yeah, yeah. For somebody that was that is so private, I'm surprised you got as much out of him as you did. Uh, I wasn't <laughs> re- sure. I wasn't sure when you told me you were doing that interview. I was like, he doesn't really talk to people that much.
1: Like, no, and you know the thing that was interesting about it to me was you know like their current record that they're they're out supporting was kind of a departure from what the band has been known for i would i dare say you know they're kind of more of that classic metalcore kind of sound uh maybe kind of dipping into the melodic metalcore but this new record just really kind of it explores a lot of different textures and sonics uh more emphasis on melody and building dense uh atmospheres uh for landon to kind of go over and I don't know. Th- this this record really kind of got me. Like I, when I heard it initially, I was like, "Oh man, this there's something different about this. I really like it. I identify with it." And you know, we kind of touch on the fact that you know maybe it's just because we're older and you know you're not angry all the time.
2: Well, yeah, exactly. And that's the that that's the crux of it. I mean, every every heavy band has this record. Now it is not this not this record exactly, but like you get you get you know like nowadays like you you can't make any money. You can't make it as a band. Without touring. And so you, you write you write a batch of super heavy songs in a basement with your friends. And then you take those songs and you play them 800,000 times. You know, starting off to 10 people, then 20 people, then 100 people, then 1,000 people. You know, as it goes on and on. Uh, and then you're sick of those songs. And then you got to put out a follow-up. But the fans, they're not as sick of those songs as you are. So they want to hear a follow-up that basically is the same thing but different. And they just want you to do that forever, and you get bored. You know, you sit down and you're like, "This is not why I started playing guitar, just so I can, just so that I can play these same riffs over and over and over." You know, so I, I totally get it. Like as an adult, as a teenager, I did not get it, but but as an adult, I totally understand why, and I, I kind of look forward to every time I hear a new heavy band. I always think like. I wonder what they're going to turn out like, you know, you know, they're not going to play this style forever. And if they do, I'll stop listening to them by then.
1: Yeah. It was kind of interesting. Cause you know, the plot knew I saw, I saw them on this run uh, from the interview that we did. And then I just saw them this past weekend opening on Sunday on one of the stages. And there was a pretty decent crowd for them. Um, I mean, I know they're, they're, I think technically from Ohio initially, or at least Landon was, but now Landon lives in Detroit with his wife and so I wasn't sure if there was like a little bit of that like hometown kind of feel to it a little bit or you know people were really just interested in seeing the band um I know because the weird thing is, is like having seen them play a sold-out show in like a 400 cap room you know it was a stacked bill it made sense um but to see them play in front of hundreds on their own when you're at a festival and kind of seeing people like actually know the songs and it was a lot of of the newer material it's like oh okay like this is a band kind of, like, on the rise and in in their scene, and, and, you know, fans are kind of reacting to this new material, and it was a nice, pleasant surprise to be, to see people get down at, like, you know, fucking 11 o'clock in the morning (laughs) to this band.
2: Yeah, that is cool. I mean, you you definitely have to be a higher tier of fan to
1: to get up and do it
2: midday like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: But no, my wife went with me, and, like, the media thing was really interesting. Like, I saw a lot of, like, like, iHeartRadio, and, like, saw a lot of Uh, bigger names uh, which kind of scared me a little bit like oh man like we're not worthy to be here with these big fish Um, but there was some cool interviews we got like you know I ended up talking to Kyle from Bad Wolves ended up talking to Joel from Killswitch uh, ended up talking to uh, Manuel from Zeal and Ardor and uh, a few other people so those episodes will be kind of coming out i think we're just gonna throw most of them all together and just kind of do like a big like sonic temple festival episode let's um, do a marathon there you go and uh it was a lot of fun though it was uh an interesting experience uh very exhausting uh did a lot of walking saw a lot of bands didn't get to see some of the bands i wanted to and, and due to trying to get some other interviews i didn't end up panning out but uh definitely has me more interested in louder than life. Now that I know what to expect. Um, I don't know if Dan's going (laughs) to, I don't know if Dan's going to like want to die because like the nice thing is at least being able to, to hightail it to the media area, uh, when it's hot and there's nothing going on, like that's tight as shit. But, uh, the flip side of that is, uh, like Gojira. I went to go see, I scheduled an interview that didn't end up happening. Um, but I basically scheduled it so I could catch half a Gojira set, come back to the media area, do my, like, 10, 15 minutes with this band, and then get out in time to basically have only missed, like, five minutes of Architects. Well, what ended up happening was is I only caught 10 minutes of Gojira, made it back to the tent to prepare and, and get ready, and then the interview didn't happen, but I waited around for all of their press to get done, and I missed Architects. So, Oh, bummer. Um, there was a few instances of that happening, but, I mean it is what it is like you're you're there basically to work and work as much as you can and the, the bonus side is, like, if you're not busy, then, you know, you get to enjoy some bands and enjoy the festival. So, um, greatly appreciated, everybody. Uh, it was great getting to meet uh, Selena, who has uh, helped organize some of the interviews that we've been doing lately. Getting to meet Amy, which we did an episode with her that'll be coming out shortly. Um, getting to meet, you know, the people that are behind uh, the Danny Wimmer Festival publicist team and so forth. Uh, getting to meet, you know, some of these other broadcasters and and you know music press people face to face um it was just a lot of fun it was a lot of kind of meeting these people and kind of getting our name out there and was pleasantly surprised to find a handful of people who knew what we were and what we'd been doing and uh a couple people like you know when I kind of mentioned a couple episodes we had done recently were like oh I didn't know that was you but like you know I saw the news that came from this so um apparently this podcast is you know kind of making its name and uh you know it's, it's pretty pretty rad to kind of see where where it's going and where it's been and hopefully uh continuing this this upward trajectory and uh getting to do something like louder than life uh piggybacking off of the success of sonic temple and uh yeah louder than life two tickets two please yeah but without further ado let's get into my conversation with landon tours of the plot new and we will talk to you all afterward <laughs> So I had the pleasure of talking with Landon Tours uh, here in the back of the intersection at a sold out show. Uh, I mean, that's got to feel great. First day of the tour and already sold out. I'm stoked. It'll be a good
0: time. This is like our, literally, like our 15th time playing here. Maybe even more, honestly. I feel like we play here at least like twice a year.
1: <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of the fun thing, too, and something I've, I've been saying about Grand Rapids as a whole is, you know, we're considered a B market, and I really don't feel like we are. No, I, I, I wouldn't mean, say that. I feel like we're a, if if we're going on grades, I would say we're like a B plus, A minus. Yeah. <laughs> a minus, at, at, at the least, yeah. But you know, all that being said, uh, you know, your newest record, Dispose, came out. Uh, it's been almost a year now uh, via Fearless Records. I think we just hit the year mark, like a week ago, two or. Maybe like a month ago. I don't remember when I (laughs) came. I'm sure it's just a blur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just a blur for you. I've really been enjoying this record, and I feel like, and I I didn't Google how old you were, so I don't know if we're comparable in age. But you know, being someone in my mid 30s, who yeah, I still love aggressive, loud, angry music, but I'm not necessarily the demographic for that anymore. I need a little more introspective. Same. Um, and this was a, a very stark contrast to the rest of your discography so i kind of wanted to know what was the catalyst in starting the writing process for dispose and how how organic did was it
0: very very much so it came together like i think i wrote 15 or 20 songs and um a few of them were heavy songs and uh we just wanted the 10 best you know what i mean like we didn't care usually on a record you're like well you know you have to have the heavy songs for these you know this crowd we're like We kind of just threw that idea out the window like whatever the best 10 songs are that's what's going to go on the record so that ended up cutting all the heavy songs just because they weren't as good as the other ones so it wasn't like something we talked about you know beforehand that we wanted to make this switch it just kind of happened that way and uh our producer drew folk he had a lot he had a lot of help and input on this record too because i brought in like my ideas and stuff, and I left them pretty bare bones on purpose because I wanted to see like what we could do with somebody else. Because I usually just do everything myself, mm-hmm. and uh, he really helped like morph them into what they are now, especially with production and you know. So and he was uh, he wasn't afraid to tell me like an idea
1: sucked or actually, you know <laughs> what I mean, and I needed that too. So yeah, it's great. This is kind of a, a concept that I've been trying to come up with throughout the day on how to how to ask it. You know, there's a there's a band like Hundredth, you know, that was a melodic hardcore band yeah. and then basically put out rare and I appreciated what it was yeah. and the, the left turn that they threw everyone for. But it seemed like the problem with that was, uh, and I saw it when going to the warp tour that year, mm-hmm. they had there was so much shit pre planned you know the business side of things like okay we would like you to go in the studio we would like you to have the record in hand to us so we can put it out in this part of the year we're going to start lining up tours all this other shit that goes into the, the, I think the hardships of just putting out a fucking record
0: kind of rush them into it
1: uh i don't necessarily know that they rushed them into it but more so the band did everything and didn't tell anyone that this is the record we're going to hand you so you know they're getting put on tours or at least on warp tour especially and you're on the you know the two stages with like hate breed and you know acacia strain and shit like that and then there's a band where where it's like maybe you would have been better off if you would have kind of let everyone know ahead of time like this is kind of what we're doing
0: right oh so they were kind of doing just the wrong things yeah Yeah. and i don't
1: know how much of it was just shooting themselves in the foot yeah trying to be like not having other hands in the pot while it was it was fun for me as a listener and as a fan i think business-wise it fucked them because they didn't take the time to really think about how to properly release this record and they're on a label that's expecting them to put out another record just like the rest so okay like here are the tours you're going on when you see something like that or you know even like bring me do you look to things like that in the industry and kind of go like okay like we saw this band do something that was sort of akin to what we're doing but this is the misstep they took to be successful in this new approach
0: yeah because that's it's It's a really tough place to be in once you establish yourself as like a certain thing then it's hard it's really hard to get away from it and um, if your team doesn't kind of know ahead of time like you know what I mean like what you're going for for the next thing they're just going to keep putting you on the same tours that you've been doing you know what I mean with kind of categorizing you with this the scene and stuff. And uh, that was something like before the record came out, we made very clear to everyone, like we don't want to just do like breakdown band tours. Nothing, not, not that there's anything wrong with that. We just wanted to make sure that we took the right step of touring with the right bands, which I think we did our first tour on the record was uh, We Came as Romans and they're more like in the, you know, and then and then we did Amity, which is like a perfect, you know, like, good balance of it's it's they're still singing and screaming and stuff but it's more you know more like rock oriented and stuff and then under oath obviously the best we could probably like best band we could probably tour with that's kind of in the same vein kind of doing especially with their new record you know but it's hard like especially you know you're a a heavy band you want to go for a lighter sound or you know or just something more experimental it's going to be a challenge to to get yourself out of that you know what i mean but some bands do it really well like bring me and um amorosa and stuff like that um but others that you know what i mean they just kind of stay clumped and yeah it sucks but i think amorosa's
1: been an interesting one too yeah
0: very yeah. interesting that band, we we actually sent them an offer for this tour actually oh, wow, and great. uh they're like we would like to but we're t- trying to like move away from that kind of scene. So even up, we were too heavy for them, which is crazy. So, but it seems like they're they're making all the right moves right now. So yeah. it sucks. Like we've we've even since this record came out, we've had to turn down some pretty cool tours, just because they were like a little too heavy. You know what I mean? We don't want to like get kind of trapped in that.
1: Now, you know, the question I was going to follow that up with was, you know, when telling the label like this is kind of the route we're going to go, kind of in pre planning. For this kind of rebirth, I'll call it. Was there any resistance? Uh, no, they were all? all
0: for it. Yeah, which was we were very lucky with that. They they're just a heavily involved label, and in, as far as like wanting to hear your ideas and make the right decisions, and just they just care a lot. You know what I mean? We've been a band that's been on labels where we were like the last priority. You know what right. I mean? Like oh, here's however <laughs> much money, go make a record and piss out a video. You know, right. but they just, they really give a shit and they. They just have to take a lot of pride in the artists that they have, you can tell. It doesn't seem like they would sign a band unless they actually care, you know, and that's rare.
1: Something, you know, in looking at the past year or so of touring, you're in this nice gray area where you don't necessarily belong any specific place.
0: Yeah, that's fair, yeah.
1: Is, while I assume that's nice, you know, it's interesting to me to think about how, sometimes like maybe you don't want to go on a headliner for a little bit. You want to be yeah. the, the two of four, three of four and mm-hmm. really get on good support tours and, and then kind of build the tour and kind of prolong it that way. So when you do your headlining runs,
0: yeah. it's it the long term goal. Yeah.
1: So with that being said, and, and some of the issues you were kind of saying, like, you know, there are some tours we were offered, but we kind of wanted to break away from that. Yeah. How hard was it to prepare for this album cycle of touring and kind of making sure that everything was what it needed to be?
0: Um, it wasn't really that hard honestly like we talked to the label and you know management and kind of conveyed like how we want things to go and it went like exactly that way like and that's rare for us usually like nothing goes the way that we we well, want it to go I
1: figured maybe other bands or whatever would have kind of been like uh, yeah you're, you're you're the metal band or you're this right you know and, and it would have been harder to, to get on no stage. everyone
0: just everyone pulled together and did their you know pulled their weight for this record release like everything went as planned and be- better which is crazy because we're used we're used to everything going wrong and being disappointed on a cycle you know <laughs> we're just used to failure like complete failure so it's nice to win one you know what i mean even on a small scale
1: Something I kind of focused on when listening to the new record in, in comparison to the others, and, and this sounds like a backhanded compliment, and I don't mean it to be. I think the common sentiment when you hear people who don't maybe necessarily listen to a uh, more aggressive style of music, well, I can't understand what the person's saying. So, adversely, on this one, uh, do you feel. Did you put a lot more emphasis on what you were saying? Because for. For some people, this is going to be the first representation of the plot in you that they're really going to be able to fully understand first time through yeah. lyrically.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> in the past, it's I don't think it's any secret. Like, I had a huge enunciation problem. Like, I mean, when you're screaming, who gives a shit what you're saying anyway? You know? <laughs> yeah. But I had I had like the gurgly mouth scream. It just sounded <laughs> like shit. But uh, yeah, if that was one thing on this record. I think Drew helped push me on a lot. He's like, dude, I have no idea what the fuck you're saying. Like, you gotta try. You gotta do that take again. So it was good to have, like, someone being, like, you know, a, another set of ears that could tell me when I'm fucking up or, you know. But that was one th- – it's off- the whole record's obviously very vocal-driven, so we needed to make sure that that, like, was on point. So, yeah.
1: Do you feel like this is the most raw and vulnerable record you've put out?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think this one and Happiness and Self-Destruction are definitely the two most, like, um, personal and, like, go in depth on a lot of different topics that, you know, I hadn't really – touched on before so yeah i think both both those records are
1: what does i mean you've done a couple of tours but this is one of the first i think headlining runs you've done on it yeah it is um so with that being said having a longer set what were the obstacles in putting together a set list that's going to appease fans that have been around for you know all these years versus the ones who have kind of come on in the last year or so
0: well we play most of dispose and then you know we have a little bit from every record but, um, yeah, we we play a couple that I'm just like, oh, my God. I had to, like, I had to blast these songs, like, a hundred times on my drive just to remember the lyrics. Oh, man. But, yeah, we, we really dipped back. We we play one song in particular that's super old and I just always slightly it's, embarrassing. <laughs> it's
1: always funny when when prosed with something like this like going to see bring me at uh a couple years ago on they the, still
0: play some old stuff right like uh really so
1: well that was the thing is uh a lot of because i saw him on the that's the spirit tour um and oh, yeah, admittedly too, was never a fan of any like some paternal forward got me yeah. the rest it's like there's moments of brilliance yeah. where i kind of can see where you're yeah, going and I, I, I wish yeah. there was yeah. more i'm kind of that. the same so when seeing that tour Everyone was singing. Did they the... play in Grand Rapids? Yep, or... they played at the Orbit Room. Oh, cool. All I saw was a lot of fans bitching about how we don't play old shit. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so you want them to play a deathcore song yeah, in the, in midst, the middle. <laughs> some, somewhere. I don't even... And that's the thing. is, It's like, where the fuck do you play it? Exactly. And so, yeah. like, I was wondering if that was an issue for you guys, like, where you're like... Kind of.
0: There's ways to do it. You know what I mean? Like...
1: Well, I think Bring Me did a, does a medley. Right. Back out. Just to appease everybody. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I mean, it wasn't that difficult. We only had like two that were like well we kind of have to play these you know what i mean like people want to hear them um and it was actually kind of fun relearning those songs and stuff but yeah it's always weird. just playing old super old stuff that you burn out you know what i mean is always like how can we make this fun again you know what i mean but
1: what are some of the ways that you've maybe made some of those older songs that have lost Have to the kind of like
0: their- goof off a little bit you know what i mean like not take it so seriously you know <laughs> you're playing a song called fucking miscarriage you know what i mean? Like. Can't take yourself too seriously. <laughs>
1: um, you know, you've kind of, uh, in perusing your your Twitter feed, uh, it looks like you had a really interesting uh, last twenty four hours with your Uber ride,
0: dude. Insane. So, I was in. I live in Detroit, and I needed a uh, Uber down to Toledo, and so I a bunch of Ubers canceled on me as soon as like they realized, you know, and uh, but this guy shows up. I get in his car, and they don't know where they're taking you exactly until you get in the car, right? I don't know if you knew that.
1: That would explain why whenever I get in, they're always like, oh, where, where yes, are you going? Yeah. And it's like, don't you fucking know? Yeah, but they don't. <laughs> okay. And so
0: I get in the dude's car, and he's like, oh, you're going to, you're going across the state? I was like, yeah. And he was like, oh, do you think maybe you could find find another Uber? I was like, no. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. Um, but So I get in his car and he doesn't speak to me after that like i can tell he's pissed yeah, off like he's not better. not stoked but i was like i don't care it's your job <laughs> like it's probably a decent money I oh think. yeah I'm it was it like him. yeah it was it was great and uh so we get like maybe 30 to 35 minutes outside <laughs> outside of the, the state and he's going so fast and I, I was like damn he's gonna get pulled over sure enough he gets pulled over and I look up. He's like sweating. He's so nervous, and he got like, dude, he got a a bad ticket. Like, and he didn't say a, a word to me the entire rest of the drive. And then we get, we get to the place. It's like, thank you so much, man. He goes, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, there's no way my my bill even paid for half of his ticket. He is so pissed. I ruined that dude's day, maybe even week, but. I, I saw,
1: know. it's funny, like, it's not related at all, but when I saw that, I was thinking, because, like, he he probably has no fucking clue who you are or why you're no. going to Toledo or anything like that, and what was really weird is uh, I saw Craig Owens post on his Facebook today, and apparently some dude dropped off pizza to him mm. and then made a post on Twitter and, like, he you know, that basically was like, I picked up a second job after my normal job doing, delivering pizzas, and I delivered to Craig Owens and then, like, took a photo of, like, where Craig signed the receipt. Uh-huh. Oh, and then, so had and some then of screenshotted Craig's like a message he sent to Craig being like, "I didn't know who you were," and then I realized after seeing one of your tattoos who you were. I'm a huge fan. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. And it was just like, and he's like, "Yeah, I probably got to move now." Oh, and it was God. just like, yeah, like the sucks. opposite side of that, like where it's like sometimes it's like I wonder if you you would been like, "Hey man, like I know this is a big bummer, but like you really helped me out. I'm going yeah. like for tour rehearsals, or I'm that's, going." Yeah, that's just like, too just, far. I would be like, you know, I feel like I would go the extra mile and be like, "Look, dude, like I'll tell you what, like." You pick me up in Detroit, like, next time we're coming through, I don't even know if it's your thing, whatever, like, I I got you. You and a a friend, come and hang out, like, I know this is a bitch.
0: See, I never mind, like, if I'm at a show and stuff, or, like, anywhere, really, and someone just wants to say what's up real quick, you know, that's fine. But only time I get really irritated is when I'm eating. If I'm in the middle of eating, like, just wait. You know what I mean? I'm sure you can... (laughs) oh man that that's the only thing that grinds my gears is whenever I'm eating and someone comes up and bothers oh man, that
1: just what is the worst experience that you've had with that?
0: I'm glad you asked that <laughs> I can think of the exact instance, so I was oh man, I don't wanna whatever fuck it they I was at a place should, yeah. <laughs> a place that sells steaks, okay, very <laughs> nice steaks okay and me and me and my ex girlfriend were eating and uh and this couple came up and my food had literally just touched the the table right steaming hot I'm so excited I'm starving and this couple comes up and they're like hey are you laying and I was like yeah they're like can we get a picture and stuff I was like sure I wasn't stoked you know <laughs> like I wanna eat I'm fucking starving and uh, so I get up take a picture that was fine I sit back down and they just like keep talking and talking and talk. literally like I'm just watching the steam die on my steak just heartbroken and they literally st- stood there for like ten, fifteen minutes, and finally, like, I, I got, to, it got to the point where I was like, "Well, I, you know, I need to eat." Like, <laughs> and that just did not register in their mind at all that like, this steaming food is getting cold. Oh man, I was like, I wouldn't say mad. I was just bummed, so bummed. Like, just you could have waited, waited like fifteen minutes. Like, I wouldn't have cared. But that's the only, that's the only time I get irritated when people,
1: you know want to talk or whatever (laughs) i think it's funny i get a i get a lot of are you like especially when shows are happening like if i go to founders or something i get a lot of the uh man what band are you in
0: Mm
1: -hmm. i'm not yeah
0: (laughs) just because you're tattoos yep yeah
1: and then i'm just kind of like all right people want to bother me because they think i'm somebody that they can yeah take a photo with or whatever it's just so i as as things like that have happened i'm just it's always funny when i think of like my, how much worse it is if you actually are known as right. the person as a person my yeah.
0: favorite thing now to do is if if they ask me if i'm me and i'm just no no not at all they're like and then you see them on their phone like looking up pictures
1: <laughs> <like>.
0: <laughs> but no, yeah
1: that's not me i get that all the time really yeah. crazy. This,
0: i did i did it to a kid on that under oath tour and uh he's like wait are you sure i was like yeah i think so like and and then he walks away and i see him on his phone just like looking up pictures of me and looking at me and then he comes back and he goes you are landed and i was like yeah and he's like you're a fucking asshole all right Then we took a picture and it was was all good
1: (laughs) You know, I saw outside of the the bad Uber ride and experience. Well, not for you. You didn't give a shit. You got where you needed to be. Um, But outside of the the Uber experience and stuff like that, you were already saying to uh, somebody that had asked plans for for a plot new stuff. uh, Mm -hmm. And you had kind of mentioned that you're probably expect a record probably next year.
0: Yeah. I I don't know if we've discussed exactly when we'll be going into the studio, but I think it'll be the end of this year or at the latest early next year.
1: Do you feel something I've kind of – Focused on quite a bit too is the life of a record, and the world that we live in now, where where people are just fickle and, and moving on to the next thing, whatever it is, because they just right. need that new new thing.
0: Yeah, it's so overset There's a record coming out every day. You well, it's know? Like, like Netflix comedy yeah, specials; they're exactly. not special anymore. Yeah, it's very <laughs> true. Yeah,
1: but with that being said, do you feel? that there's still, I mean, obviously you you probably will be touring the rest of this year at least, so I mm-hmm. mean, that puts it, you know, closer to a two-year normal tour cycle. Yeah. But do you feel like there's more meat on the bone that there still could be, or do you try to find that, that balance of not oversaturating on a record right. and staying fresh?
0: Well, in the past, we oversaturated every you know, on every record, because we had like three years in between almost every record, and we, we just kept going and going, and like... I just saw how counterproductive it was, you know what I mean? Like, less and less people would come, you know, like, after the year mark, you just start to notice, like, you can only do so many, especially U.S., you know, support tours before people are like, you were just here a month ago, what are you doing back? Like, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It, it's fine, like, to do it, like, one support U.S. tour and then do a headliner on the record, but I feel like anything more than that's just excessive, you know? Um, unless it's like, you know, obviously like a huge opportunity. Like we weren't, we didn't really plan to hit the U S unless we were doing, uh, an a headliner. And then we got the under oath tour when we, so we were like, obviously we can't say no to that. And that it was good for the band, but any other record cycle, we did it very wrong. You know, we oversaturated and just toured on it as much as we, you know, as much as we could, but these days we're trying to be smarter about it. So yeah, I think we might do. I'm not 100% sure. I think we're doing some overseas shit for the rest of this year and then I think we're going to kind of close it out that way.
1: Do you feel that full records are the way to go or kind of doing what hip hop has kind of been doing
0: like shorter like seven song EPs e- or just I mean like, Personally, I like that. Like um Drake
1: kind of is the one that I look at even Drake? though he even though he fucks things up <laughs> yeah. because he'll drop all these singles mm-hmm. and then sometimes they get put into mixtapes and so forth. Mm-hmm. But then you'll have like the scorpion and it's basically a double record yeah i don't need 30 songs from you yeah like honestly you could have dropped no i I think it's excessive for sure
0: um that's i i think uh disposes nine songs and then an interlude but the one before that was like 15 songs and i feel like a lot of songs got overlooked just because they were too, too far into the record to where it's like people probably got bored or you know like everyone's attention span these days is pathetic and that's fine but yeah i think i like the shorter record thing like uh that new kanye record yay yeah. like i thought that was a perfect yeah perfect amount of time just in and out every song's a banger you know what i mean i think obviously quality over quantity every time so
1: yeah it's i think that's the thing and it's i feel like and maybe you can explain speak to this i mean you kind of you just did but like Kanye is a great example I fucking love Kanye yeah. I saw him on the Pablo tour That's sick And was hands down One of the coolest shows i have sure. ever fucking seen Yeah
0: I had a couple of friends Go to that uh, They said it was nuts
1: I, I've never seen For everyone that shits on that dude Yeah Go see him live yeah. And especially if you go see A lot of shows Of mm. all kinds mm. And I'll wait for you To tell me The last time you've seen An arena mm. Be captivated Yeah For an entire hour and a half set No yeah, bathroom that's... No bathroom songs No nothing Yeah Constant interaction. That's sick. I've never fucking seen it. Yeah. So
0: I've only ever heard insane incredible things.
1: But Connie is an interesting one too in the fact that he he bucks a lot of traditional norms. Yeah. Basically hip hop now is the new rock stars. Yeah. Um whether anyone really wants to admit that. No, I I mean look at the charts, look (laughs) at the sales. That's all you need to know. And it kinda makes me wonder too, you know, you were kind of speaking to the fact that earlier about how there's not necessarily tours that you know work because they either you're too heavy you're too light now mm-hmm. whatever would you ever think about maybe doing something where you just bring out whatever the fuck and create a really almost like a festival environment
0: yeah that'd be cool yeah i uh if we were going to do something like that i would it'd be fun to have like a couple of our old friend ba- like band friends and stuff like that come out like i declare war and stuff like that it'd be yeah i mean if you get to pick then that'd yeah. be cool yeah
1: because I see things like what Odd Future does mm-hmm. and Tyler the Creator. Yeah, that's a,
0: actually a really good example. Odd Future, yeah, because they've got like Frank Ocean, and, but all these rappers and yep. stuff too. Yeah, but
1: then they go out and tour, and they'll have like you know uh, a good mixed bag a of style, different. Or they'll yeah, have like you know, there's a
0: stuff. way you can do it, you know, right? But like even Bring Me, you know, they yeah. still bring out heavy bands and stuff on a lot of their tours, most of their tours. So yeah. yeah, and there's nothing. It doesn't. It's not weird. You know what I mean? So
1: do you feel that, given the fickle nature of where the music industry is and, and the fact that I would say the bubble has been burst on crowdfunding yeah. and obviously streaming's not going to go away uh, it seems like there's actually more streaming yeah. f- uh, platforms coming on the horizon mm-hmm. kind of makes me wonder because you know I also saw that you were getting ready to do a solo record as mm-hmm. well where do you feel the music industry is and where it's going because not only are you kind of in it from a band perspective yeah. but being a solo artist I would imagine you look at the industry in a completely different way because now it's just you
0: Um, I don't know it's To be honest, I don't listen to a whole lot of music um, when I'm off tour.
1: I I mean, I just listen to podcasts. So yeah, I listen to a lot (laughs)
0: of, and I I just watch a lot of like news and stuff like that. But I don't know. Like it's it definitely seems like things are getting more experimental than they've ever been. You know what I mean? Like even like the top forties, like it's it's all so different. And so um, I feel like uh, obviously rap and hip hop and stuff is getting is the biggest of everything right now. But it's, it, to me, at least, it seems like rock is kind of dying. And I could be wrong, but from my perspective, like, I just, I don't really see much of it anymore. You know what I mean? And uh, I don't know, as far as, like, the heavy music scene goes, too, I don't really know what's going on. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, are there any bands that are blowing up right now in that scene? Or is it, um... I mean, obviously, you see the the... The OGs that are still, you know, no matter yeah. what they do, people show up and stuff, but as far as, like, groundbreaking, and that I would could say just the last be... one
1: is Code Orange, honestly. Yeah. Code Orange, I would say vain, kind of... And um, I could
0: be wrong, like, I'm, I've am i just been so, I don't know, f- removed from all of that, that I don't... It's...
1: <laughs> I don't really, like, people are like, I love how you can connect with people, mm-hmm. and, you know, I don't know how you're able to do as many interviews as wide-reaching and casting as you do between metal, hardcore, whatever. hmm and the tr- honest truth is, I don't listen to much music. Yeah. Like, People
0: don't believe you when you say that. No. You know what I mean?
1: No. And <laughs> to me it's like, you know, I, I've I've always been more fascinated with the story of how something came to be yeah. as opposed to just giving me the product. Yeah. Give me it like the I loved victory records in the early two thousands because they would throw you the fucking making of record. Right. I probably yeah, would to those, those way yeah. more than I listened Same. to the records. I
0: loved those, the like Under Oath ones. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's sad that, that that's, that's not a like, medium that's gone and it's yeah, lost. It's really I feel weird. like
1: I guess that's what social media has become. Yeah.
0: Yeah, during, yeah. I guess during bands like recording process now, they'll just like take clips on Instagram yeah. and stuff like that, which is cool, but. but people like me i would still i would buy that shit you know from a band i like or like an artist that i like i agree with you on that yeah
1: but the thing that i tend to do is is i like listening to podcasts or watching you these kinds of interviews or whatever mm-hmm. and just listening to someone talk about the experience of making a record or what the yeah. song means to them or how it came about or or something like that because to me those are it makes my listening experience when i, do I go and listen yeah. more rich and i get more out of it yeah I feel. and that. i feel like that I feel like that's what's lost in music, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying hip hop is, is is saturated in that. Yeah. But I think the hip hop market has figured out a way to inundate everybody with that just constant barrage of content, whether it be new songs, features, right, interviews, all content. everywhere. They're, they're yeah. just always there. Yeah. And so you're you're constantly learning about them and, and mm-hmm. know what's going on. Whereas I feel like it's we impersonal, don't, right? Yeah. It's yeah. very impersonal, yeah. and it, and I think kind of going back to your story, sort of about the the nonverbal clues of, uh trying to eat yeah (laughs) please please you know respect my space right now yeah i feel like sort of that's been kind of how the heavy metal heavier music scene has become Mm -hmm. we aren't we the collective we Mm -hmm. aren't as interested in the people anymore Mm -hmm. it's a disposable thing and i feel like these shows have sort of become the cool place to be Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. but if
1: i were to ask you like what song do you like what what resonates with you about this band Mm -hmm. i don't really know that people connect with these bands anymore because they don't have that ancillary thing anymore. Like I feel like I got to know those guys as right. people and that probably sucks too because. That,
0: well that comes, yeah, that that's a whole nother thing. That's like big, especially like um, you have artists like Takashi six, nine and like, right. you know, every they'll put their entire lives on the internet. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing that it, the public can't find out about you and stuff. And that's kind of like, I see like a lot of these young artists and stuff coming out it's like they're constant they're not just artists anymore they're like entertainers you know what i mean like constant on their phones like you know talking to the cameras and shit like that and that's like that's almost like part of the job now you know what i mean and that's just something i can't i can't do that i just i hate putting my phone on my face and talking you know it's crazy how much that is like a part of the thing now you know what i mean it's it's almost mandatory or people just like kind of forget about you but that's probably why I'll never be a top 40s <laughs> artist.
1: As such, and kind of in wrapping up, because I don't want to take up too much of uh, yeah. your time, do you feel, because of that, do you feel like maybe there is this weird duality of you as the person who gets inspired to create, but you as the individual mm-hmm. who wants maybe anonymity a little bit?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, It's hard to say, like... I'm I'm just very private, you know what I mean? Like, um I don't like to put too much about myself out there. I kinda, I kinda noticed that. Yeah. Like a little digging at you. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I don't think I'll ever change as far as that goes. And and I've even had label people, I've ha- I've had a lot of people tell me, like, why are you so inactive? You know what I mean? Like people want to know stuff about you. It's like that doesn't mean I want them to know about you know what I mean? Like, I like my privacy, yeah, like you know anything that's that's my thing anything i feel that's worth talking about it's in a song of mine you know what i mean i'd rather people get to know me through my art rather than my shitty facebook posts and instagram you know what i mean because i don't i get fucking annoyed with people that are just constantly doing that shit like i get like it's part of it now like as we just talked about but i get very annoyed You, you know you can just tell it's like Dude, you're just a. You're not even a fucking person anymore. You're just a shitty brand that annoys the fuck out of me every day. Like, so I just I can't be that. Even if I knew 100 like this will make you a successful millionaire, I'd pass. I, I'm good. <laughs> I I need my my privacy and my uh, integrity. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's just not me.
1: Um, I guess it's as good as any place really to kind of end. Uh, where can people find you and or the band? um
0: Fine. all over every social media just the plot and you and uh my, yeah that's pretty much it <laughs> <laughs>
1: fair enough and uh looking forward to the show tonight thank you again for thank you man time and- awesome thanks so that was my conversation with landon tours of the plot and you dan what part of that did you uh enjoy the most
2: uh, I just like hearing bands justify going softer. No, uh, th- that wasn't it, but... No, I actually did really enjoy listening to his explanation. I like hearing the various reasons as to why bands, you know... And it's not even that they stop being heavy. Like, I think the new record's plenty heavy. You oh, know? definitely. You know, like, I, there, there's no denying that. And the way he says it almost makes it sound like they put out, like, a, a K-pop album <laughs> or something. And that's just not the case. Uh, but what's interesting is that, uh you know i like hearing i just like hearing you know the the wise and and opening up how he was talking about you know how this is one of his most open albums you know he's like he's like you know i'm a pretty private person and you know when i you know when when people are screaming nobody can hear what you're saying anyway you know and all that so it's like no now you have to be clear and out and out in front and over and vulnerable you know i, I enjoyed all that conversation I think-
1: I think with Dispose, the thing that kind of stands out to me about it, as far as, you know, it may not be heavy in the sense of like, here's a million breakdowns and so forth, but I feel like there's more intensity behind everything which gives it more weight so when it happens you're just like oh fuck this is heavy uh it's heavy lyrically and something he actually had said on a, a really recent episode of the lead singer syndrome podcast <laughs> he was talking about being with uh somebody when he was writing some of these lyrics and the person he was with was just like is this about me and he's like no it's a- about somebody else and just kind of like you know like when you realize like something's not going right uh and sometimes that you you know that it's not necessarily the thing you need to be doing but unfortunately uh you're still in it and you're you're processing everything and it isn't until you kind of do something like make a record or whatever to where it ends up being a thing where it's like oh fuck I, I guess this is a not a good relationship I I should kind of get out of this um right but he was you know talking about writing lyrics about somebody and then being like no that's that's not about you <laughs>
2: It's about another person that looks like you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's actually ex- exactly what he said. <laughs> yeah, uh, or someone that, you know, was somebody before you or whatever. But, um, no, I mean, the thing that I thought was kind of interesting, too, and I know we teased it like a month and a half ago, was the uh, the thing where he was talking about being bothered while he was eating. And it's like, yeah, oh, God, that is, like, probably one of my biggest pet peeves. Like, when people – it actually happened to me shortly after doing this interview. Uh, my wife and some friends and I were out to eat. Uh, when we were on a mini vacation up in Detroit area. And a kid I went to high school with, like I saw him. I tried to hurry up and look away so he didn't catch eye contact with me to be like, oh, it's you. <laughs> and then he comes over, and then he was just like, chatting it up, and I was like, I just don't, don't want to talk to you. And I kind of cool, tried, like, yeah. Yeah, tried to be pretty brief about it because it's not like we're even Facebook friends or we've maintained any kind of semblance of a relationship. But it is uh, a thing where – i just was like kind of annoyed and i was like trying to be very short uh to to hopefully have them pick up on the the non-verbals of like yeah i'm not really wanting to talk and that did not happen and i remember just being like my like thankfully like i had i was already done with my food but we were trying to cash out and get out and like this i was just like oh fuck dude come on man just let me go
2: (laughs) yeah i know it's like come on man just 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 get the hint please
1: yeah let me talk to you again in like 15 more years
2: right yeah. We'll, we'll we'll catch up then. Just just not while I'm eating.
1: Yeah. No, but I I thought that was kind of amusing. Um I I think it's refreshing. You know, I mean, Justin talks about it all the time, uh punishers and so forth, and I know probably sometimes I come across as, as one as well. Um it's definitely something I try to not do. Um, but it is one of those things where I <laughs> did find it amusing where he was like, man, I just wanted my steak. <laughs>
2: right. But, That's so funny.
1: But I think uh, we're going to kind of keep this one short as uh, the the interview is kind of short itself. But uh, if you would like to see this interview, uh, you can go over to YouTube and check it out. The The full interview is over there with a the video on Landon. Um, so you just go to YouTube, look up Brudely Speaking Podcast. Uh, you will find it. Uh, as far as any other plugs, if you would like to keep up with The Plot new, You, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Plot and You. And if you would like to follow Landon, you can find him on Instagram and Twitter at Landon Tours, T-O-U-R-S, pun intended. And if you would like to keep up with Metal Nexus, you can find them at MetalNexus.net, Facebook at metal Nexus, Instagram at Metal.Nexus, and Twitter at Metal underscore Nexus. And Dan's going to tell you where he can be found on the interwebs.
2: I can be found on Facebook under Daniel Terry. It's a very clever name I came up with. And uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at DiscussMetalDan. You can also send me an email at show at gmail.com. And you can find more information about my other podcast
1: at DiscussMetal.com. And if you would like to keep up with all things this podcast, you can find us, simply enough, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Bruce Speak Pod. Email us at brutallyspeaking at gmail.com. And if you would like to keep up with our show sponsor, The Bean Bastard, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram at The Bean Bastard. And go to the website, beanbastard.com, and get you some delicious coffee. Uh, the Beanmobile is slowly coming along, so uh, hopefully if you live near the Buffalo area, you will see that bastard rolling around, giving you all the coffee that you need to stay not hydrated. Uh, no, definitely not hydrated. Just to support your grind? Is that a funny pun on coffee? Support,
2: support your grind. I don't know. Maybe the kids will start saying it. Eh,
1: you know, maybe. And uh, if you would like to email us as well and become a sponsor yourself, go ahead and email us like, again at, at gmail.com and we can uh, figure out something that works for all of us. And for the Brutally Speaking podcast, I am John. And I am Dan. And we will talk to you all next time.